Welcome to the next episode of Talk, Train, Eat, Live. So, I am here all alone today, just going to talk through some training topics. It's a common question that people ask me, um, whether it's to do with how they can keep progressing, if they've reached a plateau, what's the best exercise selection, and how many times a week, how often, what type of exercise, the questions can be endless. So I'm just going to go through a few common topics today, um, based on some different studies, some fairly recent, some slightly older, and also just from my own training experience and obviously training clients as well to discuss some of the topics. So let's first of all get some clear, I say clear, it's, it's not going to be that clear. When people ask me how many times a week should I train or what exercise should I do for X, Y and Z or what is the best exercise for insert question there um generally my answer is it depends now it depends on many things one of the main things is your your lifestyle and your day-to-day routine your weekly available time the time of the day you want to train um your equipment you have the facilities you have um can you book in a certain slot whether that's with a personal trainer whether that's with you whether that's with a, a fitness class or fitness group that you attend can you stick to that um all of those variables are what's going to be important for you that to make sure sorry that you can sustain an effective level of training and exercise if you've obviously got a specific goal, then you may have a dictated time scale of when the event is or something like that. And that will obviously make your training a lot more specific as well in terms of what the event is or what the training goal is, i.e. if it's a 10k, if it's um, some sort of, say, CrossFit style competition or um, Tough Mudder type thing, obstacle course you know the the options are endless um so with all of that with all the the variables i mentioned there you've also got to throw in what you enjoy doing now depending on how harsh you want to be on yourself or how harsh i want to be as a trainer then i would say look if you don't love it then you might just need to get over that and get on with it but if it's someone who is new to exercise, new to training, and you actually just want to move, or I just want to get a client moving to start their healthy habits and to build some routine and a bit of little, little bit of discipline, then doing something you enjoy is going to be essential. You know, if you've got kids and you try and get them to do something they don't enjoy, how long are they going to stick at that thing for? probably not very long at all and they might give it a go but even as an adult if something is enjoyable you are more likely to do it often it's as simple as that so in simple terms the best exercise for you 
is something you can find the time to do. It is easy for you to do and you find it enjoyable. Now, if you can start off on those points, you can't go far wrong. And then as you progress, you may, or hopefully, you may then discover, actually, I want to just tweak that training goal. Okay, yeah, I've been playing tennis three times a week. I'm really enjoying it. My technical game is better. Um, but your fitness or your strength or your power or your, um, you know, your, your agility might not be where you want it to be. So then you go, okay, so how can I enhance those elements of my game? And that will be through other training avenues, whether that is through strength training, some resistance training. You might actually need to do some more cardiovascular work outside of the tennis court. And then hopefully the idea is there you're building around those things which you might not enjoy as much as playing the actual game but ultimately is going to improve your game improve your tennis and then hopefully you'll keep enjoying it um or i could go down the other route and you might not care about enjoyment because you're so focused on your goal you have a specific thing in mind or you know you just want to start olympic bar lifting olympic lifting so you want to come to the gym you want to lift olympic bar you want to learn some moves and you want to focus on just getting stronger so you might not fully enjoy it but what you will start to enjoy and what the the idea of training and exercise is is that we're trying to get trying to get people to enjoy the process but ultimately obviously enjoy the benefits of any health and fitness improvement whether that's just in day-to-day -day life or seeing the progress in the gym so when it comes to weightlifting or resistance training seeing the numbers add up and keep going up on the bar seeing the number of reps increase um maybe not week on week but even maybe two weeks or you know a, a, a fairly regular intervals that's the motivation that's the thing that you'll go actually I can see, I can feel the difference. And they're the things that keep you coming back to the gym. Now, you hopefully, again, if you're not enjoying or loving the thing you're doing, there's lots of ways you can apply it. You might just do a 10-minute resistance training session and then you can go and do the thing you enjoy if that's running, if that's cycling. But again, ultimately, we're trying to we're trying to enhance the main activity. So, in a long roundabout way, as I opened up with being disciplined, sticking to some sort of exercise regime, is the key to long term health and fitness improvement. And how you or what you choose for that is very personal and is down to you so in terms of let's go into the weeds a little bit more on a few topics so we'll and i'm going to focus mainly on resistance training in this podcast so you can apply some of the principles obviously to other other sports and other exercises but um most things we're going to talk about are going to be in regards to the gym, into weightlifting, um, obviously in terms of um, my clients who maybe come to my, my boot camp style sessions, 
we try to implement or use at least two types of resistance equipment each session. So that might be a kettlebell, dumbbells, um, some sort of suspension like strap system, um, slam balls, sandbags, Bulgarian bags, what else? Pretty much anything I can move around in my car, which I can then get to the venue is what we use. But I try to add at least two pieces of weighted equipment to each session. So in terms of exercise variability, if we go on two extremes, the evidence is is slightly skewed towards it doesn't matter too much how much you vary your exercises within the gym. So if I go in and I'm picking, let's just say, six to eight exercises for a full body gym session. So you've got something like a deadlift, bench press, bent over row, lunges, overhead press, and bicep curls. I think that was six. Um, if I stick to those six exercises, so it's a full body session, you, you know, you're mixing up all the, all the muscle groups there. Um, if I stick to that exercise selection three times a week with my adequate rest days in between, you are going to see effective change in your, well, one, in your body, in your muscular um, makeup, um, in your muscle mass, and also just in your training progression over the over the weeks if you keep progressing and overloading the muscles now you could maybe think about changing two or three of those exercises each session or each week to make it more enjoyable but the evidence kind of points to if if you are happy and you are still enjoying those six exercises, maybe six to eight exercises, if you want to add in maybe a, a hanging exercise or something slightly different as well. Um, if you can stick to those exercises and progress either the, the repetition numbers over the weeks at the same weight or increase the weight over the, the, the weeks, you're going to see solid improvement. You don't have to absolutely mix up your training sessions every week because you think there's going to be more effect on the muscles. You know, you may hear people talk about muscle confusion or I'm going to confuse my body to make it grow quicker. It's not entirely true. If you are focusing on maybe a certain body part, so you know you want to work your shoulders specifically um, for hypertrophy, which means you want them to grow specifically, you may not just do an overhead press. You're going to do an overhead press. You're going to do a front raise. You're going to do some shrugs. You're going to do some rear delt raises. You're going to do some lateral raises. You may hit that muscle group from four different exercises or four different angles, let's say. Um to target that specific muscle but you don't need to completely mix up your workout every session or week to week unless as we've mentioned at the start that you 
you're getting quite bored, to be honest. And you do want to mix it up. You want to keep it fun. And that can be a long-term thing as well. So, you know, you might have your workouts, whether that's through yourself, programming yourself or through a personal trainer. You may have them on a four-week rotation or six-week rotation. Um, and throughout those six weeks, what we're trying to do is we're trying to progress. We're trying to, as I said, build the repetition numbers up or add the weight over those six weeks. And if you're sticking to the three same workouts, week in, week out for six weeks, the benefits are you know exactly where you are in terms of what weight you're lifting for those exercises. You can see that steady progression. The workouts in themselves, so let's say week one, you might stick to between 12 and 15 repetitions for each exercise. When you get to week two, even to vary it slightly to to kind of attack the muscles slightly differently, you may bring the repetitions down to between five and eight. And then on week three, you may go between eight and 12. And that's quite a common um, kind of cycle of repetition ranges. And that, again, that just allows your muscles to adapt to different loads. And sorry if this is getting, I'm trying not to make it too in-depth and get in the weeds, but hopefully, you know, you, if you're into your gym training, into your resistance training, you're going to find this interesting, is that week to week, overall, total volume lifted is the key. So if on one week you're doing between five and eight repetitions on each exercise, you're obviously going to be able to lift more weight for say the middle of it say for six repetitions than you are if on week three you're lifting for 15 repetitions because if you can lift for six and it's fairly tough for six repetitions if your target repetitions or rep range for week three is 15 you're going to have to reduce that weight obviously if that makes sense if you can visualize that Otherwise, you're either going too light on your six reps or you're getting to complete failure way before you get to your 15 repetitions. So no matter which week you're in, your total volume, and if you do log this in certain apps, it, it is quite an effective tool to see. Your total volume over the week um, should increase slightly. But that's your main factor for making your, your increasing your strength and increasing your muscle mass as well. So your hypertrophy of your muscles, making them grow. Um, when it comes to uh, lower repetitions, you may have to um, increase the number of sets possibly. So if I'm only doing seven repetitions of a back squat, for example, I probably won't just perform three sets of that. I'll probably end up performing five sets, four or five sets, I would say, of seven um, with a slightly longer rest in between because I want, my, I want my body to be able to perform the seven repetitions effectively. So I may perform four or five sets of that. Whereas if I'm doing 15 repetitions, because I'm doing higher repetitions, the total volume should be um, meaning that I only do probably three sets of the 15 repetitions. So it is about that balance. And obviously tying in all of this is your, your, how, how long you've got in the gym. That's a massive factor, um, which we will come on to slightly, slightly more as well. So 
yeah, in terms of your rep range and your volume, your total volume, so how much weight you've actually lifted and moved in each session is really the main, it's one of the main drivers for how your muscles and body is going to adapt for two resistance training. So if you can work that out over the week or each session, that's a really, really interesting point. But if not, the key is no matter what rep range, it's easy for me to say, um, you're working towards, you want it to be just on the edge of failure. The idea isn't on every set, every day, you do not need to work to failure. So if I'm doing, again, a bench press and I'm on rep number 10 and I'm just straining just to get my arms locked out at the top, then that's me done there. That's my 10. What I don't want to really do, not every day, not every session, is be able to get to say number 11 and I'm halfway, I'm halfway and then I'm either going to be shouting to someone across the gym or probably on my own from training on my own, dumping the bar to the side or dumping the dumbbells down because I haven't achieved that final rep or that final couple of reps. So we're right on the edge. Now, that's not to say you're never going to train to failure because it can be beneficial, but you don't need to. That's the fairly solid take home. You do not need to train to that failure point every time yes it has to be hard it has to feel probably uncomfortable it has to feel tough and you have to be on the verge of pushing yourself to the limit probably uh, once a week maybe once every other week or once a session once a session per week but you do not have to go to failure every single time on every single set because you're not achieving probably full range of motion in the exercise. Um, and also you're probably not achieving the rep range that you desire. So be close. And yes, every so often push to failure. Absolutely. Um, it feels good. It, you know you're working hard when you get to that point. Maybe do that on the day where you're actually going, you know what, I feel like I've got a bit more juice in the tank. I'm going to push myself today. Give yourself a bit more rest in between the sets. And go to failure. But you're not going to go to failure on every set. Probably, if anything, you're going to go on maybe on the last set. Just to really hammer home that muscle group. So again, I hope that makes sense. Um, So we talked about, or I mentioned, total time available. Now, this is a massive factor in um, how, how, pe how much people stick to exercise. If um, you're squeezing in a 20-minute yoga session first thing in the morning, because that's the only time you can do it, then brilliant. If you know you can pencil in that 40-minute um, trip to the gym or you've got some weights in your garage or you've got a home gym, then absolutely brilliant as well. It's My main thing is no matter what you choose, whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's 40 minutes, whether you've got a 90-minute window in the evening, um, train with purpose train with the right amount of intensity and move really well no matter what you're doing just the intensity is key i i can tell someone to slam a slam ball for 10 reps and at the end of it they'll be like okay dave what's next 
what's next? I'm ready to do the next thing. I can tell someone else to do that and they will go full power, full extension at the top, smash that ball into the floor and at the end of that 10 reps, be blowing, be blowing, needed a rest and then waiting because they've put that intensity in and they're training with intent. And I don't know, I, I, I kind of flick between these two trainers in my head of going, oh, it's okay, just do something, work, you know, do what you can. But then at the same time, if you really want to make change to your fitness and your strength, you you have to push. You, you you have to be uncomfortable at some stage. I'm not saying from day one, you know, I don't want people turning up to my sessions and then vomiting outside. That's not the goal. But you've got to attack your training sessions, whether it's you're training for your 5K, whether it's, again, you're doing your, your Tough Mudder your, or you you want to improve your deadlift just focus work with the right intensity and work with intent and just move well because you'll see the biggest benefits you'll you'll focus on the movement you know you can move weight without being present you can move weights without thinking about the movement but if i'm in a deep squat and i've got 80 kilo on my back there's only one thing i should be thinking about and that is is my core braced? Am I balanced? Are my feet stable? Is this bar stable? Is my trunk tight? Am I squeezing the bar into my shoulders? I can't be thinking about my dentist appointment on Tuesday morning or whatever is floating through my head because I've got 80 kilo on my back and I'm trying to sit down as low as I can to stand back up. So be present and move with intent and find that right intensity. Um. I digressed there quite a largely. What was I going to talk about? Um, time available for training. That was it. So whatever time you've got, make it purposeful. Um, in terms of utilising that time though, and again, I am really going to hear talk about um, gym weight training, resistance training. You could apply this to running as well. You want to get the bang, your biggest bang for your buck. Now, if I'm training a client for an hour, by the time they've got in, we've done a little bit of a warm-up. I'm probably not going to get them to stand there for 20 minutes while we completely assess their overhead squat form, unless it's something they're really specifically working on, obviously, or that's their real specific goal, or they're feeling in, you know, that they want a mobility session. But we're going to get into the session once we're warmed up adequately, and we're going to get moving. Now in that session it can actually you can get a lot done in 45 to 50 minutes most of my own me training on my own sessions will last about 45 50 minutes an absolute maximum would be an hour and that's if i'm really taking my time and taking maybe two to three minute rests in between some heavy deadlifts or some you know real hard um supersets where I've been maybe mixing in some air bike work with some heavy squats and then I need the adequate rest to really perform again um but yeah 40 to 45 minutes of actual work is easily enough choose the right exercises and also the rest periods in between your exercises are going to be key at this stage now we talked about total volume that's probably where it comes into play quite a bit. So you've got 40 to 45 minutes. You want to get in, 
you've got eight exercises easily you can get those done in 40 to 45 minutes and moving with the tent and moving well now if you're going to be going in and fairly tight on time or even if you're not tight on time and you just want to make your hour or your hour and 15 minutes effective then supersets are a great way to utilize some time so let's just go back one step a normal or a regular gym session might look something like you warmed up you lie down on the bench and you perform eight reps for a bench press you then might rest 60 to 90 seconds approximately maybe more maybe less depending on again what your goal is and then you would repeat that and then do eight reps rest again do that again you'd probably hopefully add maybe a little bit of weight if that eight reps was you know fine to start with you want to add maybe a kilo a couple of kilo each time just to push you to the edge of that rep range and then you'd rest and then you do that so maybe three or four sets of bench press you then move on and let's say we're going to move on to deadlifts so you then move up to deadlifts you do and it's your eight reps again so eight reps approximately you rest 90 seconds you go back on you do your eight reps and you do that three to four times so another way of linking those exercises would be to do you get your bench press set up you get your deadlift set up at the right weight that you want to start at or you might be using four to five sets to find your hard working weight which is absolutely fine so you perform your eight reps on the bench and then immediately head over to the the deadlifts and perform eight deadlifts you then would take say a two minute rest which would either match or be slightly under the two 90 second rests of each exercise combined if that makes sense so you would maybe only rest for 90 seconds to two minutes after that superset you then go back to the bench press straight into the deadlift and rest again so you're actually in essence you're saving time in between but you're still getting the work done now generally you want to try and work opposite muscles when it comes to something like supersets that's not always the case if you're absolutely again hammering home a particular movement or muscle group so let's say it was your your chest particularly you could do a superset of bench press into dips or bench press into um cable flies or dumbbell flies obviously you've just got to be aware that if you're doing a superset of the same muscle group the second exercise is probably going to be below par on what it would be if you were doing it separately obviously because you've just worked your chest and even though you're working your chest slightly differently you are still using similar or if not the same muscles so just bear that in mind so ideally for a superset you want to do opposite muscle groups probably an upper or a lower or a push and a pull and um, so on obviously the bench press to the deadlift you're changing between a well you're actually changing between a push and a pull and an upper and lower so absolutely fine so you do three or four sets of that you've saved some time and then you move on to another superset and it really works well if you're doing a full body gym session because you can completely um mix up those those pairings as well over the three sessions a week so that even in itself can mix up the sessions slightly but it's a really good way of saving time but also feeling that you're working because i i know some people do struggle to actually 
take the rest. You know, I work with a number of clients who I have to say, not yet. You just put those weights down, give yourself 60 seconds, and then we go again. And again, it's because of that fact of if we go in too early and I've just performed eight bench press, and if I'm going back onto the bench press, but I've only given myself 30 second rest, I'm probably not going to achieve the same eight repetitions as what I did on the previous set because simply the muscles just aren't ready. And if they're not ready, I'm not going to then hit my goal. I'm not going to hit my reps. I'll probably only hit six or seven. And the idea is we're trying to get that that marker so we know where we are so we can keep progressing. So supersets, great way of adding more volume, bit more intensity to your work. I like to find it as well. I really do like supersets, even grouping three together. You could go upper push, upper pull, so a bench press, a chin-up, and then a back squat. You know, that's a tri-set. Um, you will know, again, make sure you have adequate rest, but it, it just makes things flow, makes things slightly different. Um, and by doing that, you can save some time, keep your intensity up, but you're still moving well. In terms of your rest and in terms of your volume, now, if you take shorter rests, then that's fine. But again, as I've just mentioned, make sure you might then, if you think you're saving time by taking shorter rests, you're probably being counterproductive. So if you're taking shorter rests, you're probably going to lift for less reps each time, which means you may have to do one or two sets more. So although you think shorter rests might be saving time, in the long run, you still want to be lifting the same volume and you might still have to add on one or two more sets. So just bear that in mind. Um, I'm just going to talk really specific about um, a study which was done regarding um, squat depth. So generally, depending on your hip, ankle mobility, we want to perform a, well, all movements ideally at a full range of motion. So whether that's a, um, a bench press or an overhead press, you know, lots of people are tight in the shoulders or tight in the upper back, which makes full overhead pressing quite difficult. But if we can work on those um, areas with improved mobility, you can actually do that through through weight training, through strength training. So by performing simply a body weight squat and then gradually adding load, if you can regress to the point where you can perform the full range of motion in a movement, you then can start to add weight to it. Um, and it's been shown even away from stretching, performing exercises at full ranges of motion improves your mobility through that movement. So have a really have a really good look at that. Now, the squat in particular, ideally we're looking to go below parallel. Now, if you squat down, your hip crease wants to be below your knee. And you might need a mirror, you can video yourself. It's a really good way actually of assessing your movement as well. And there might be other things that are going on. So this is where we're starting with body weight to start with. But in essence, what this particular study saw was if you can perform a full range of motion body squat, which they classed as um, past 100 degrees at the knee, 
So if you imagine your hip crease going below your knee into a squat, um, you recruited more glutes and adductors, so the inside of your um, thigh muscles and quadriceps into the, the movement. So you recruited more muscle groups into the squat. Whereas if you performed a partial or a half squat, it was more quad based um, and not much at all in terms of the glutes and in terms of the adductors. So uh, yeah, if you can get your hip crease below your knee, if not, you're not going to lose massive quad gains by keeping your hip crease above your knee in a partial squat or half squat. But if you can drop low again with body weight or gradually adding weight to your squat, getting your hip crease below your knee, you're going to recruit a lot more muscle and different muscle groups throughout the squat. And obviously this is very specific depending on if you are training for a particular type of lift or powerlifting or, you know, even a certain sport that requires that full range of motion. But really it was more about muscle recruitment and you're going to get more bang for your buck by dropping slightly lower. So going past your knee, that's where you're going to get your biggest bang for your buck from. And that kind of wraps up really what I was going to talk about. It was just a fairly open chit chat about training and gym stuff and exercise goals. But what I want you to do is just think about your training at the moment. Now, again, sorry if you're not a regular gym goer or if you know you don't even do some training at home with weights for things, but you can apply this to anything. I want you to think of an exercise that you really enjoy doing. Something that when you when you do it, so for me, let's say it is a deadlift, right? I do enjoy deadlifts. Um, I just feel great after doing them. You just feel like the Hulk and you just, yeah, I just enjoy them. So deadlifts for me. And then think of something that you don't either don't really enjoy doing or know that you, let's be honest, you want to get better at it, but you always park it um, to the side of the workouts. Now, for me, my overhead press, shoulder press, barbell, military press, I I want to get that better. It's a lagging thing. I try and work on it. I try and supplement it, but I just struggle. I find this, the progress on it is super slow for me. Um, so I want you to do the same. I want you to think of something that you really enjoy doing. Um if that's the sprint element, if that's a interval style training session, if that's a, um, whatever it is, whatever it is, think of something, part of the training that you enjoy. And think of that one thing you know you need to improve on. Um, one element, one technique, one lift, one exercise, whatever it is that you don't like doing. Now, over the next two to three weeks, just try and focus on those two things supplement it fill the gaps with everything else that you know you want to do and that you've been programmed or what's part of your training program but throw in those two things the, the thing you like and the thing you don't really like or know you want to work on at least twice for the next two to three weeks and just see the improvement in them um you know if you're a runner and you want to be really working on some power then find a hill i know hill sprints suck but find a short hill where you can be fairly steep where you can push 
get those legs burning for just 15 to 20 seconds all out effort up a hill find it and do some hill sprints if it's a chin-up then get a band get hanging do some negative chin-ups on a chin-up bar or pull-ups whatever it is you want to do and just work on the things you like and the thing you don't like or want to improve on at least two times a week for the next few weeks and just have a look at the progress but no matter which one you you know whichever you choose or as you go through them do it with intent and again do it with the right intensity perform well and you'll you'll see some progress get over that plateau and um yeah you know work really hard on it so folks thanks for listening just me this time any suggestions for topics you want covered then please email the email is in the description it's on the website at getfitbestrong.com contact me and yeah topics questions things you want covered i'll be on with another guest soon thanks for listening 